Hi friends, I am Erin from Erin Whalen Online, and this is a podcast about my family's homesteading journey. From an urban farm in Washington State to 120 acres in Tennessee, this is our journey of how we got to where we are and how we're building our homestead from the ground up. Thanks for being here. Okay. Welcome, friends. This is Erin from Erin Whelan Online, and we are doing the podcast today with a very special guest. I feel like I know her, uh, mostly through Instagram, though I think that's probably a pretty common thread, but she is friends with my sister, so I feel like I know her a little bit better than maybe a few other people out there. Um, but we are going to interview today Kristen from The Curated Farm. And um, she's going to talk all things sourdough. And we're going to ask her about sourdough. And also because this is a homestead podcast, we're going to ask about the homestead life, a little bit of business. So it's going to be a great mix of all these things together. And um, I just cannot wait to hear what she has to say. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Erin. I'm so excited. Yes. And so everyone, there is going to be a little bit of a leg, um, but I think the content will be amazing. Mm -hmm. So it will be totally you'll want to hang on through that so we'll just get right into this um we will start with some very very basic questions but first I will let you introduce us and just tell us some key things we need to know about you yeah so um like you said I have the curated farm um I started this business about a year ago um and it's built on handmade homemade hand-picked goods um, as well as teaching sourdough classes in the greater Eastern Washington area. Um, and then I also just started a passion project called Homestead Club, where we have people from our local community come together and learn a new skill or hobby from an expert in that specific field. So that's kind of the gist of what I do. Um, and we have a little homestead out here. We've got 10 acres, loads of animals, too many animals, my husband says. And um yeah, that's our little, that's our little slice of, of homestead life over here. That's wonderful. And the husbands always say too much, but, um, once you get them and they see their cute little, yeah. things, even though they don't want to admit it, they do fall in love. They just have to have like that, that manly streak of trying to slow it down, but you can never, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard. He, he is not, you know, he was like a, a kid that just had like one dog and I, I only had dogs and cats too, but like, honestly, his, he doesn't feel the same love and affection towards animals like I do. And it's just where we've had to kind of meet in the middle and make it work <laughs> a lot of compromise on his part, but you know, that's what marriage is, right? That is exactly what marriage is. And my husband was born and raised in the Seattle area too. So very similar to like, they had a one dog the whole life and that dog would die and they'd get another one. And it was just mm -hmm. very, so yes, we're just yep. turning them into farm boys. <laughs> they love it. They'll never admit they love it though. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So you kind of, they secretly love it and they, they, yeah. Yes. I totally agree. Um, okay. So and again, you guys, the leg, I feel so bad because I want to banter more, but it's so hard with like the three second leg time, but we should, we should begin now next year. And then I'll have to have you on again and we can chat more and it'll be, it'll be easier. I think. <laughs> um, okay. So let's go with another question. Yeah. So what came first, the sourdough or the homestead life? Um, well, I always warn my classes that sourdough is 
kind of the gateway drug to homestead lifestyle. Um, but for me, it's always been incredibly, I've always been incredibly passionate about living less reliant on the outside world. So the homestead life was something I spent years and years kind of working towards as like my end goal, um, far before sourdough came along. And, um, when we moved to the Northeast Eastern region of, um, from the Santa Cruz mountains in California, I had to leave behind a lot. And that was a wonderful community, schools, the Redwood Forest, the ocean. Um, but coming here, I knew that I could actually build that life that I had dreamed about since I was a little girl, you know, having space for livestock and gardening and growth. And that was just something we were never going to be able to do staying in California. Um, so sourdough was actually one of the first homestead skills I wanted to learn upon moving out here. And I was one of the stereotypical pandemic sourdoughers, I call them. Um, But honestly, it was it was a blessing to suddenly have an infinite amount of time to kind of hone in on new skills when there was really nothing, nowhere to go. Everything was shut down. So um, and I also felt like it was it was no longer an option to not learn or plan for learning self-sustainable skills, like given the, you know, time that we were living in. So, yeah, I definitely think the pandemic made us all rethink how we wanted to get our food or to to know how to get our food and be self-reliant on the store so it was right. definitely a point for so many people and the gardening and just so I think so many fruits have come out of that and just like a renewal of how we get our products and just kind of an appreciation and a realization that it could so easily be gone which is one of the reasons we need to hone these skills absolutely that you're talking about so when you were in California Um, were you doing a homestead life? Like how did your life look in California and what drew you to Washington and starting kind of a farm and a homestead up here? Yeah. So when we were living in California, well, I'll back up by saying we've lived all over the country. My husband's military. Um, we've, I don't, I think we've lived in seven States at this point. And, um, California is where we were both born and raised. Um, and then we were given an opportunity to kind of, uh, switch from full-time air force to air national guard, where my husband was just going to fly, um, helicopters out of an air national guard unit outside of, um, the Bay area in Mountain View, California. So we were able to move to the Santa Cruz mountains, which are absolutely gorgeous, um, redwood tree forest, all the things and kind of right by the ocean too. And it was, it was about, we were there for about 10 years and, during that time, we were renting, we were very young, um, trying to save up to buy our first house. And one of the rentals we got was a three acre little piece of property nestled in this little valley with a creek running through the yard and it backed up to the forest and you literally had no neighbors. And that was when I was like, okay, what do I need to do? What do we need to do as a family to like get this for ourselves? Like, how can we own this, you know? So that's when we got chickens and that was, you know, chickens are also a gateway drug (laughs) for all the, (laughs) all the animals. Once you get the chickens, I warn people, like once you start doing chickens, like that's, I mean, you better start making some room because you're going to start getting all the things. Um, So that was kind of what really lit my fire in terms of like, we need to make a five-year plan for this. And so we finally were able to buy, but of course it's very expensive there and we were only able to buy you know a little fixer upper in a neighborhood with 
you know, a 9,000 square foot lot. There was no, there was no yard. Um, and we renovated it from top to bottom, took that money and ran, um, sold it and moved up here. So that was kind of our way of making that dream come true. I mean, I, you know, in California, it's just so hard to get that. Um, and you know, everything's changed and we're just, we're very grateful to have kind of migrated up here when we did, because obviously things have gotten so much more expensive, even since we moved here three years ago. So we're, we're kind of lucky that we were able to get out in time and, and then find something up here that fit kind of what we were looking for. So, yeah. and we did not intend on moving this far out into the country. It just kind of happened. And that's why I always encourage people like open your mind to moving a little bit further out into, into places that maybe nobody's heard of and that are a little bit, you know, off, off the beaten path because eventually they won't be. And we saw this happen in the Santa Cruz mountains when we lived there for 10 years, it used to be a little podunk mountain town. And now it is money, money, money. Um, so you know, I think keeping that perspective of like, when you're trying to start a homestead and you're trying to, you know, be realistic about what you can afford, but don't settle for less in terms of like the property size you want. And that's why we ended up so far out here was because anything closer to Spokane, um, was just less and less acreage being on the Idaho side of the, of our, you know, the, the state line here was not even in our budget because we would have barely been able to afford a house in a normal neighborhood with like maybe a half an acre. So you have to kind of lower your expectations, your standards a little bit. If, if ultimately what you want is the space, you know, so yeah. that's how we end up here. And my husband has a job here now. So we're, we're staying put, we're not going anywhere. That is awesome. And I just really want to hit on the fact that I think that people, a lot of times they see someone like you or someone like me and we're on, we're like, developing our dream, but they didn't see the years before mm -hmm. where you had a five-year goal and you were in California and you said, yes. let's buy the small house on the small lot, knowing that this is not what we want right now, but this is going to further us to where yep. we originally want to, to be or end up. And so just to give people, just to allow them to, we want things so hurriedly and we almost feel a panic sometimes, but to know that like, you have to make, especially for mm -hmm. something as big as where you're going to li live the rest of your life. And if you want acreage, it's to be flexible, like you said, with where you mm -hmm. want to live. Because I'm the same way. Like, yes, we live very rurally here, but we're on a college town and just just living here. And there are already properties that are selling next to us and people are throwing up homes and it is coming this way. So mm -hmm. wherever you are rurally, it's almost mm -hmm. to have it a yes. rural because you're right. It's coming. <laughs> So I just want that to be like a, a gift. It is. It's coming. And other yeah. people to know that like you have to start like a two-year or a five-year plan and you have to work the plan. And so it'll be hard at the beginning, but look where you are now. Yeah. I mean, from five years to now, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy for us because we, you know, in the moment we just felt like we were never going to get to that, you know, goal. But when you kind of, and then even moving here was a huge transition and I struggled for the first two years I lived here, I felt like I made maybe a huge mistake. Like, what have I done? I'm in the middle of a pandemic. I didn't know that was going to happen when I moved here at the end of 2019. So it was just kind of, um, something, you know, you have this idea it's going to be, go a certain way, but then it takes a little longer for you to get to that point. And it wasn't until the last year that I finally had that like big moment of like, okay, wow, everything that we kind of 
planned for all the blood, sweat and tears was worth it because we finally have had it figured out on some level. You know what I mean? So yeah, real life, giving yourself that patience. Yeah. And real life is so much more messy than the plans. Like you can have a really well thought out plan and you can execute it, but just know that there will be hiccups. Yep. And it will definitely not go as planned, but at the end, you still get the no. result. After. No, never exactly. But you have to start with a plan. You have to start somewhere, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's where I always tell people like, just get a five-year plan. And like, where do you see yourself in five years and just do baby steps to work towards that. Um, and it just, it, it helps me mentally. I'm always trying to put myself in like, what, what do I want to be doing five years from now? And that just helps me do what I need to do now to get myself to that goal, you know? Okay. So moving on to kind of, so you're settled here, you're trying to find your groove yeah. and what made you like, where were you to the point where you were doing sourdough long enough to you're like, Hey, hold on. Maybe I can actually teach some other people how to do this? Like, when did that kind of metamorphosis and from you just creating it for yourself to being like, could this be a business? Yeah. So that just, ha- that was purely happenstance. This was, this was an accident, the best accident I call it. Um, I last year, I, it was literally this time last year, right around October, November. Um, my husband was gearing up to go on a deployment and he was going to be gone overseas pretty much December, January, February. And that included Christmas, you know, my daughter's fifth birthday, his birthday, my birthday, New Year's, New Year's. Oh my gosh. It's so tough. I was, yeah, it was tough. So I was like, well, okay. And I had wanted to start a business to where I could just sell something to go to a farmer's market. I wanted to be in a farmer's market. It's been on my bucket list my whole life. I love making things. Um, and then I kind of figured out what I wanted to make. And so I started out making, you know, calendula products, salves, um, candles, stuff like that. And I was like, I'm going to just hone in on these skills while he's deployed and get this business kind of up and running. And then, um, when, by the time he gets back, it'll be ready to roll and I could put in some applications and get in the spring and summer farmer's market here and meet some people. That was honestly my biggest, like my business plan revolved around, like, I just wanted to find community. I was new here. I was in the pandemic, you know, time here. And it was like, I didn't have, you know, anyone to call a community. Um, So that was my business plan. And then what ended up happening was um, I had been doing sourdough for, I've been doing it for about three years now. And I kind of started doing sourdough right at the beginning of the pandemic. And, um, like so many other people and kind of mastered it and then started sharing it with my neighbors. And one of my neighbors, Alex, um, she's a very smart businesswoman. She came to me one day and she's like, you need to be teaching people how to do this. And this was right when I was getting my business up and running. I was like, I don't know if there's a market for that. Like, I don't know, Alex, like that sounds a little crazy. And she's like, no, I swear. There's so many people want to learn how to do this. They just don't know how. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's try it out. So she brought over, I think it was eight or nine women, um, to my house in January and was just, we, I taught them how, you know, eight strangers, how to make sourdough. Um, and one of them was your sister, Leslie. (laughs) So that became a great a great friendship that just, you know, she introduced me to so many great people. And so it, it kind of built from there. Um, and then 
yeah, once I got, you know, my business up and running and I started to network and meet other people, the, the kind of sourdough side of it really started to take over kind of everything else. Um, so it was purely happenstance. It was not in my like original plan was like, I'm going to be a sourdough teacher. <laughs> I was like, I just want to get in some farmer's markets and meet some people, you know? And so your, your original goal was, did, did you always want to somehow make part of the homesteaded business? You just quite weren't sure where you wanted to go. Like, was it always, do you exactly do you want to bring your exactly home? Like, is it, what's your end goal, I guess? Well, that's not a question I'm getting ahead of myself, but, um, but so it, it sourdough oh, was yeah. an outlet, but you were open to like doing anything as a business. You just really were just putting yourself there. You wanted to do something. Yeah. I, I love wanted to do something. And for me, it was like, I, I figured out that our area grows calendula very, very well. And I had done a lot of research about this amazing little flower and um, started making oil for myself and for my family to use for skin and hair and all the things. And I was like, well, let's start with that. And it wasn't like, this is going to be the big, you know, no one's ever done this before. It was more of like, let's just start with something and then see where it grows from there. And it's grown into, you know, obviously a whole all, bunch of other stuff. Um, it's not just, you know, it's a little bit of homemade, but now I have, you know, full on retail side of it, selling kind of homestead goods, canning supplies and decorative items. And then my sourdough supplies, which that's been a huge, you know, part that's become the biggest part of my business at this point is the sourdough classes and the supplies that I've kind of curated, um, that I think are the best sourdough supplies that you can find on the market. And those have been kind of, that's, that's my bread and butter. And I never thought it would be, but that's, and that's where with the business, it's like, you just have to kind of be ready to pivot and what you start out, what you are intending on it being might turn into something completely different, but it might be for the best. So I just, okay. So there's a couple of points I just want to really hit home on there. First of all, that, you know, you kind of were down yeah. sourdough as far as like, you didn't think there was a market for it or that maybe it was oversaturated. And right. one, I just want to acknowledge Alex sounds amazing. Exactly. I think not only should we all know an Alex, but we should all try <laughs> to be an Alex to someone else because what oh, a, you should. Yeah. What a blessing for that. Mm-hmm. But, and then also the fact that there is a lot Absolutely. of there. There is so much sourdough, but yet there was still a market for you. You are still successful in what many people would call a saturated market. And so I think that's just a word out there for everyone Mm -hmm. that you need to stop finding reasons not to do what you should be doing. And if you feel called to it, and if you have other people, exactly, this is something you should look into, then you need to feed that and not feed the fear of, oh my gosh, everyone else is doing it. Because if you had done that, I mean, look at all the amazing blessings and things that have come from this one thing that you wouldn't have known if you were like, oh, too saturated market. I better not do that. Like, let's find something else, you know? Exactly. And for me, the core, like I said, the root reason for me starting this business was not to bring in a bunch of money and start paying all the bills, which will, will, I hope will come and it's starting to, but it's, 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 it's a slow process, but down the road, but when at this stage in my life, I wanted something that I felt like was going to contribute positively to my community. So I think starting a business with good intentions and with 
you know, an, the right attitude makes a huge difference. If I was going into starting a business with just looking at what's going to bring me the most money and how, and how quickly, I mean, there's a time and place for that. But for me, that, that didn't feel good to me. I needed something to fill my bucket, you know, with living out here and being isolated, being rural, um, having my husband deploy, um, not having really any friends. Um, and so for me, that's kind of what I centered growing this business on. And so when the sourdough class thing started to take off, it really was like, this is amazing because this is all I've ever wanted to do. It's just, I started this business to meet more people to network and to like be, feel like I have a sense of community. So that part of things has been the most rewarding for me in terms of just, you know, yes, I love teaching sourdough and I'm passionate about it, but it's really just getting, having the opportunity to meet so many people and bring community together. And that's, you know, that's what fills my cup more so than, you know, anything else at this point. Well, and I love to, because honestly, like financial is great. And I think we all aspire to be able to position mm-hmm. financially, but community is such an important part because yes. when all the stores shelves were empty and you had money in your pocket. If you went to the store, the pandemic, mm-hmm. you're not going to get anything, but if you have developed a community where you trust and you love on your neighbors and you know, all these different people, then that's going to give you more, you know, than financial. So yes, financial is a big part, but gosh, I think community is even more. So having people that you can trust and rely on and know that you have each other's backs, you, that's just, that's priceless, you know? That's how I feel. Yeah, definitely. And I also want people to look at it as it's not just, you know, sourdough, like, okay, what's so great about sourdough, but it's more than that. It's more of like a lifestyle of like slowing down, being more intentional about our time, about our schedules. Um, and that's something that I needed in my life because, you know, the world can feel so crazy and overwhelming and we all get so, so busy, but sourdough has become like a rhythm in my life that it's my family's dependent on it. You know, it's, we don't buy bread from the store anymore. So it's just, I don't even think about it anymore. And I want that to become, I want things like that. It doesn't have to be sourdough, but I want things like that to become more normal to, to people. I think we need to get back to that side of things, slowing down a little bit, being more intentional about food that we put on the table for our families and, you know, not being in such a rush and not pushing that easy button and ordering everything off of Amazon. Go to your neighbor. <laughs> exactly. No, I just love it. So everything about that, I think that's the reason that we moved to where we are too, is that it, it is, it's the slower living and does slower mean that you're not busy? Mm-hmm. No, because <laughs> you are, but it's busy. In no. The- <laughs> It's busy in the ways that you feel like feed your family and feed into the lifestyle that you want. Like, are you in your garden weeding? Yes. But is that time well spent that you can hang with your kids and do like harvest your own food? I mean, it's a different sort of busy. I think it's a more, it's intentional. It's a more intentional busy. Absolutely. And just making time for at least one of those things is what I want people to do. And that's why we're trying to do with Homestead Club is get people out to like learn a new skill. You don't have to learn every skill. You don't have to be the mega homesteader or even have a homestead to do all these things. Um, You can live in an apartment and learn how to do sourdough and then, you know, trade with a neighbor for, you know, some, some delicious jam that she canned, you know, from her trip up to Green Bluff. You know what I mean? So there's so many things that we can do it don't have to be so hardcore about it. Don't have to be extreme about it. You don't have to be good at everything, but just find one skill to hone in on. And then if your neighbor has a skill that you don't have, then that's, that's a barter for you. And 
as the world's showing us, we need more, we need to get back more to that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. Less reliant on the outside world. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, I don't think it's like everyone says homesteading being self-sufficient and not needing other things, but there, there's never a point, nor was there ever in the past where you didn't need community. Community mm-hmm. was always a thing where you relied on. Absolutely. Within. So it's not like to be self-sufficient, it's to be, it's to be sufficient with those close to you. <laughs> yes. And so tell me about, absolutely. Tell me about the homestead club. That wasn't really our thing, but you have touched on that a few times and I want you to talk about it. And now is the homestead club and your sourdough is all this mostly like, do you ship? Do you do online classes? Do you have a website? Like, or is this something that you're going to do? Tell me how your business is modeled now and what your projections and hopes are for it to be in the future. So right now I have my website, which has, you know, a lot of all my sourdough supplies that I sell. In addition to, I still have my homemade, homegrown, um, calendula products and candles and some home goods in there. Just some favorite things that I love using here, um, in my own kitchen or my own property. So, um, I have that that's on the website. Then I am in person at the local, which is in downtown deer park. And then, um, the sourdough classes, those are just basically I I'll do them here at my house and I do them at other people's um, houses for privates. And then I do events at businesses. Um, so different places like winery or a, um, at the local or at a little marketplace shop, like just rotating around doing classes whenever I feel like there's a calling for it. So I try to do one a month um, and sometimes it moves up to three a month. Um, and with the homestead club, that was just like my little passion project where I was like, I just want to get, I want to learn so many other skills. So I want to find a a way to get everyone. I just want to be the organizer. I'm just the go between. So I'm the person that kind of just organizes it through my Instagram, um, puts it out there, says, Hey, I found a teacher in XYZ and this person is going to come out and teach us how to do XYZ register for the class. And this is the time and date. And so that's, it's very casual, very casual right now. Um, but I do, I do have big hopes for it. I do want this to become something that is more like nationwide where people can kind of make their own chapters of homestead club, wherever they live. Um, so that's kind of like my big, like five-year plan, because I feel like every part of this country could use and utilize something like that. Just a place for people to come together and meet other people that are like-minded and are interested in learning, you know, a variety of skills from people who are the experts. Um, so that's my goal for that. And then with the sourdough classes, I am continuing to grow that in terms of I'm working on gluten-free. That has been a huge, huge request. Um, and I've kind of put it off for a while because it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> gluten-free is not easy. Um, but I really want to, I don't want to exclude all those people out there that are, that are gluten-free or have family members that are gluten-free. So we're working on that hoping to get a class for that running before the holidays, but I am also working on getting a, um, digital download. Basically it'll be my class, but in a digital kind of PDF ebook format on my website, um, that people can download. And, um, if they can't, if they don't live locally to me, or maybe they do, but they just can't make it out to any of my classes. Um, 
So that's kind of, those are my goals. Those are my, those are my big to-do lists over the next, you know, year, year or coming years here um, with my business. That is awesome. And those are some amazing goals. And I have no doubt that you'll accomplish them because based on what you did in the last five years, you're pretty good at making and hitting goals. So that's going to be really cool. And something fun again, maybe we do another interview. <laughs> and tell us all how to be part of the Homestead Club. And, um, and that would just be amazing. <laughs> but I love how you're working on yeah. and home now. Awesome. And slowly that would be awesome. Right. Because again, it's one of those things where it's like focus on home and then, and then you kind of work out from there. So I love how you're just, so you're piecing it together. Not really slowly. I feel like you've done a lot, right? but you're just adding one thing at a time so that you can master what you have and get efficient at it before you move on. Cause selling goods and things is a lot, especially when you have yeah. a local spot and you're doing classes and you're online. <laughs> Right. And I did have a moment over the summer where I kind of burn out and I was doing farmer's market and, um, it just, yeah, it all kind of came crashing down. I was like, I've put too much on my plate. My, my, I missed my family. I missed my animals. I missed kind of slowing down. And so I just stopped. I just took a lot of stuff off my schedule, cleared my schedule and that helped kind of like refocus me a lot. So now I'm kind of like, I feel like I have a good balance going, but every day, I mean, anyone who's a small business owner understands this. Like you just, it's a constant struggle of you want to keep growing and you want to do say yes to everything. You never want to miss an opportunity. And you're just, and you feel like you're not doing enough, not working hard enough, not posting online enough and all the things, but I'm learning that nothing matters more to me than what's inside this 10 acre property. And I have to prioritize that over everything else. And so now just finding that groove where I don't have so much on my plate that I'm drowning. Um, yeah, I'm learning little bits at a time. <laughs> right. And you, you don't even know to know these things until you're on the journey. And then, and then you just have to right. work as they come up, but it's just one of those things to where you can't project or plan everything out. I mean, especially with the business and with the homestead, I mean, homestead, daily, you don't know what, what's going to come up. You know, it's all just a guessing game <laughs> and learning all the time, constantly. Oh, uh, okay, so always, got, always something. We've only there's, got yeah, there's seven a, minutes left. Yeah. So we're going to try to like clear through okay. questions real quick. I can't, yeah. it's, it's gone by so fast. Um, okay. So real quick. What I know. And then do you have, do you have recipes available online or do you, how do you share your recipes? So usually what I do is I, for my classes, I give them my, it's my guide, my guide, and it basically has my recipe, my master recipe in there. And then it has directions on how to use my master recipe for other stuff other than the basic sourdough bowl. Um, so I, I have posted a few recipes on my Instagram in my highlight section. Um, but I really like to, to keep my master recipe for my class attendees. And then once I get that, um, digital online class going, um, that will be opened up to anyone who purchases that as well. So that's, um, but I'm always trying and experimenting and I'm always like posting on Insta. That's the best way to kind of keep tabs and ask any questions that you have about sourdough, just DM me. I live for it. So, um, I'm just, you know, if, if anyone wants like a recommendation for a recipe or, um, questions about their starter and all that good stuff, I'm, I'm open to all that through Instagram. 
Okay. So basically everyone follow her on Instagram. We were going to talk about how people can find and follow her at the end, but um, Instagram at the curated farmhouse or mm-hmm. curated Yes, Right. What's your handle? No curated farm. Just, just the curated farm at the curated farm. <laughs> um, and then, so real quick, we're going to just have some random questions here. Um, tell us your morning routine and, um, what motivates you for each day? Oh, okay. Um, morning routine. No one's allowed to talk to me until I've had one cup of coffee. That's (laughs) step one. Um, and then everybody knows that. And then I go out and I feed the animals, do all that stuff. Um, and then usually do some homeschool with my daughter. if She's not in person that day. Um, fulfill orders, answer DMs, social media stuff, check emails. And then I write out my to-do list for the day. Um, I'm a like habitual list writer. So that's kind of how I stay structured during the day. I love it. Um, I write almost everything down. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I am with you. Pen and paper gal all the way. Yes. All the way. Okay. So tell us something that people may not know about you. Um, I think most people assume that someone living, you know, on a farm or homestead was kind of raised like that. Um, so neither my husband and I were raised with any animals other than dogs and cats. And we certainly didn't do 4-H or FFA. Um, and we didn't own, you know, large amounts of property as kids. So we've kind of had to learn everything from scratch on our own. Um, or from awesome neighbors and mentors who are willing to teach us. So um, that's something I think a lot of people think that they have to be, oh, you must have grown up doing this. And like, how did you learn? I'm like the same way anyone else would from watching YouTube videos, books, you know, um, just asking neighbors to mentor us and stuff. So yeah, I mean, if you want to do the homestead thing, you don't have to have, you don't have to have a background in any of this, but you just, you just start with one thing. Like I said, start with the chickens. And then before you know it, you're going to have like 10 sheep out there. It just, (laughs) I don't know how it happens. It just happens. And I I'm with you. I love YouTube. I'm not like, I've tried to be a YouTube person and it's just, it requires so much work, but I love (laughs) YouTube and look at all the content. I agree. There is some amazing information that people are sharing out there and it's, it's mind blowing. Lots of, lots of, I mean, I'm so grateful for it. Like there's, yeah, yeah, there's really no excuse in this day and age to not learn different skills. Like when we, we raised meat chickens this year for the first time and we didn't know what we were doing. And I, I had my son literally holding my phone in front of me with YouTube on of a guy butchering, you know, how to process a chicken, like get all the inside stuff out and how, where to cut this and how to do that. And that, you know, the first couple chickens were, it was a little rough, but after that it was like, okay, like this is, we're, we're doing it. But thank God for that YouTube video, because I don't know, I don't know how people did it in the old days. I mean, you, you've just got to, you've got to rely heavily on on mentors. And I do have someone who I really want to have come out and do, um, homestead club is going to, she's an expert in, um, all things, raising meat chickens and butchering chickens. And I would love to learn and see hands on, like, instead of a YouTube video, like that would be so much better. That would be amazing. And chickens are something, especially with our household too, that we consume a lot of. So it would be nice to be able to bring that onto the farm. I've been telling my husband too, we have like our next year goals. Mm -hmm. I would like to bring like 
10 different kinds of animals next year, but I'm like, okay, we'll just do two or three. <laughs> slowly add, just like you said, slowly add. He'll come home. There'll be something out there. I did yes. talk to him though about, we are going to have mm-hmm. some um, piglets. We're going to raise um, some pi- some pork, some pigs next year. So oh, we're really excited about that. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Okay. So we have about a minute left. So I just want to ask you, is there anything that you really love to share with our listeners today? Like um, encouragement or motivation for, um, for this lifestyle or just anything that you want to end on? Yeah. I mean, I just encourage listeners to just go find your community and be active in it. Um, go to the classes, go like, or host your own classes or find someone willing to teach you a new skill. Um, being scared, don't be scared of the unknown, you know, let your ego or let your ego keep you from trying new things or being uncomfortable. I think that finding a way to do and make more for yourself and utilizing the skills of others in your community is so, so important right now. And like I said before, it really doesn't matter if you live rural or in the city. So, so many skills can be honed in on, you know, in an apartment like sourdough. So, yeah, I love that. Okay, perfect. Well, it was so fun to have you on. Thank you for doing this and just sharing so much wisdom. I feel like Thank this is you. very encouraging to just anyone either at the very beginning or in the middle yeah. just feeling a little overwhelmed because we all feel it. It's just, we have to work our way through it and you gave some amazing tips. 